Good morning. I hope this day finds you all well rested after a good night's sleep. I would like to begin by asking each of you, what did you dream about last night? Do you even remember? Now before you say, I don't dream, you should know that everybody dreams. The amount of time of each dream varies, anywhere from a few seconds to about 20 minutes. But the average person has three to five dreams in one night, and most dreams are instantly forgotten once we wake. Dreams are perplexing to me, and I would say that about four out of every seven mornings in our house, Joanne and I find ourselves having conversations about the parts of our dreams that we remember from the night before. As we share the stories with each other, we laugh and shake our heads at these most outlandish thoughts, and most times we are grateful that it was just a dream and not real. We often ponder where in the world the thoughts even came from, what happened in our real lives that made us dream such a dream. Joanne has intense dreams, and her dreams involve bears or lions coming into our room and trying to attack us in our sleep. In her dream, she is then forced to defend us all, and most times the dogs and I make it, but sometimes, well, we don't. She plays soccer in our dreams. Those are fun. And there have been many a dream where a spider is hanging directly over her, ready to fall on her at any given moment. Most times I have your average run-of-the-mill dream. I'm standing in front of my locker in high school and I can't remember the combination, or I'm back um, in a second-grade classroom teaching and the whole room is in chaos and my principal walks in to find Emily and Justin building an igloo in the middle of my classroom. Occasionally, I have the scary dream where someone is hiding in a room that I walk into and I am running away as fast as I can, only to be rescued by waking up. But every now and then, I have the dream where for whatever reason, I have to protect someone that I love. And in my dream, it doesn't matter how fast I run, or how strong I am, or how hard I try to punch or kick, it's never quite enough to protect the person. And I carry that a little bit with me throughout my day. But not once, in all of my years of dreaming, do I ever remember having a dream where an angel appears to me the way an angel appears to Joseph time and time again? And yet that is exactly how our gospel reading for this morning begins. Over the past few weeks, the feel-good Christmas stories have been told. Jesus has been born, visitors have visited, Gifts have been given, songs have been sung, and God is in flesh among us. And yet somehow this morning, we find ourselves in Matthew's gospel, and Jesus has quickly gone from this baby that will save us all 
to a threat and to a life of he and his family running for their lives as refugees. So the angel, this messenger from God, appears to Joseph in the quiet of his sleep and in the midst of his dreams and directs the Holy Family to Egypt and tells him to remain there until the angel tells him the next move. When I hear this verse, and remain there until I tell you, I can't help but think about my experiences as a mom and a teacher, asking a child to stay still, if even for a minute, and to not move. Well, we all know how that usually ends up. But we see that Joseph listens, and we are not told that he questions the angel. And so I have to believe that his past experiences with angels coming to him in his dreams it's worked out thus far. So I imagine that he sees no reason not to believe that it won't this time around too. So Joseph flees by night with Mary and Jesus and remains in Egypt. And during this time, we know from past readings of verses 16 through 18, although those have been conveniently left out of our lectionary this morning, that Herod was infuriated. And his hate and his anger and his senseless violence go unchecked, and we see how much damage can arise simply from a lack of control by one powerful person. As the story continues, we learn that Herod dies, his son takes over, there are at least two more visits from an angel to Joseph in his dreams, but eventually the Holy Family makes it safely to Nazareth. I imagine that when we stop to think about this story for any length of time, there might be a few things that we can all find that are bothersome, concerning, and yet somehow they are happening in our world today. But I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that some of us might find an angel appearing to Joseph in his dreams, leading and guiding him, the most questionable, dare I say unbelievable, part of this story. At least for me, that is the case. Dreams are not generally thought to be the means of God's communication with us today. But when knowing that the word angel means messenger, I tend to change the way that I think about this revelation. I begin to stop and think about all of the messengers in my life who have led and guided me along life's journey. The messengers that have protected me and kept me and my family safe. The voices that have said, wait until I tell you to move. How about you? Who are the messengers that have led and guided you? Who are the messengers that brought life to your family? How have God's messengers led you to move in ways that you never could have expected? Because like Joseph, 
I have to believe that many of our past experiences with messengers speaking to us has worked out thus far. Otherwise, surely we wouldn't continue to listen to their voices. There are plenty of voices, plenty of messengers in this world today that are vying for our attention. Some are the voices of angels, bringing hope and light and life. And some are the voices of Herods, bringing fear and hate and destruction. As much as we try and avoid this part of the Christmas story, the coming of the child Emmanuel did not instantly create a world in which sin and tragedy were joyfully absent. I wish it did. But I do think that the coming of Emmanuel challenges us to find where God might be calling us to be messengers and co-laborers in this world and in the lives of others. Where might God be calling us to love and serve those in our communities and the world who so desperately need the message of hope and light and life? With Jesus, there is a hope and a promise that there will come a time when God's love will conquer the Herods of this world. So which way must we travel if we are to spread the hope and light and life of Christ in the world? Where might the message of God be leading our church into places of light and life? From our reading from Ephesians this morning, it says, I pray, we pray, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, may give us, a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we come to know him, so that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know what is the hope to which he has called us. Amen. Amen.